0: Welcome back to another episode of the Soundworks Collection Interview Series. This is Michael Coleman, and today I had the honor to talk with Chris Dugan, who's a longtime friend of mine, who is an audio engineer at Jingletown Studios, which is based in Oakland, California, who went on and worked on some really cool projects. And one of those projects was connecting up with the guys of Green Day and having a chance to work on one of the biggest albums of 2004, which was Green Day's American Idiot. And we dug into some new territory talked about some albums that maybe haven't surfaced quite yet that Green Day has been holding on to and even his perspective on running successful sessions and how to work with artists and things that I think is applicable to anyone who's either in an engineering position or is in a band and I think the wealth of experiences that Chris has had over the years is priceless and so I had a lot of fun talking with Chris in the Jingle Town studios in Oakland, California. So I hope you enjoy. Obviously, you got your start before you were here. You didn't start here in Jingle Town, you started where, where, where were you?
1: Uh, I started um, learning about audio stuff at a, <laughs> a community college. So that's where it started for me, was attending this, this, this class by chance. I signed up for a musician it's called studio musicianship. Was sitting in, in, in uh, a room, meet other musicians, and write jingles for a commercial, yeah. which was fun. And I just wanted to play and stuff. But what was rad was the engineering. To, you know, classes were doing the engineering, the recording of us musicians in this room, oh, cool. sort of thing. Okay. So it's like, oh shit, I'm in the studio. This is rad. I like being in the studio. I always enjoyed that being in bands and stuff. I was like, man, this is the most coolest class. And we were writing songs and just these, these, you know, whatever, little jingles. What and year was that? That would have been 94. So what was then. the gear in
0: 94 that you were <laughs> digging into?
1: 16-track, uh, one-inch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Old Soundcraft board. Um, but that that particular school um, had just been given this big grant, and they built this new wing that had a big studio in it, all uh-huh. high-end stuff. David Carroll installation. You know, it was all the local people part of it and stuff and uh so um you know after that class I was like shoot I'm gonna look into this course and Mm. went into that and then just sort of just fell into that whole scene and just ate it up you know
0: digital was coming somewhat 94 maybe. yeah
1: I mean it was so well to give you an idea I just bought an ADAT and I was the king of the shit mountain right there (laughs) with an ADAT you know I was like I have digital tape and there's no noise no tape noise you know so, um, and that's where I met my buddy Willie. He yeah. was also in the class. He also had an ADAT. And we're like, hey, let's, you know, I got this warehouse where I practiced with my band. Let's yeah. put our ADATs together. That's 16 tracks.
0: Holy shit.
1: I think he bought another one. We had 24 tracks. Yeah. And it was like, it was like game on. Let's do this. Where'd you,
0: where'd you buy it? Do you remember?
1: Well, I used to work at a, at a music store. Okay. And we sold Elisa's products. And it was a guitar store. So we had like quadriverbs and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Those were all hip a long time ago. And then Lisa, you know, started making these things called ADATS. So I was able to, through the the company, get like a, a discount, you know, yeah. which made it even cooler at the time. So,
0: what were your thoughts though about trying to go from just getting um, your foundation of what recording is to I want to make a living out of this? I'm going to be make it was, a career.
1: It was tough because uh, my, I struggled a lot with doing something, and I worked a lot. Mm. Both Willie and I, we we opened up the studio and when I wasn't there he was there and sometimes I'd go home at night and he'd come in and vice versa like we were so busy and the thing was is for for me um, it was too much fun to call a career like I felt guilty because <laughs> I loved it yeah. I loved sitting down there recording my friends I loved being a part of that whole process so for a long time I would have day jobs that have these other jobs just to to get by um, and before I knew it, I'm like, well, you know, shit, I could quit my job and just do this. Should I do that? That's crazy, <laughs> you know. And I took the big leap and, and yeah. did it. And uh,
0: What was that studio like, the first studio that you guys built together? Uh, it's still around. It's still yeah.
1: rock and roll. Like, there's two <laughs> other guys in there now running the show, but we'll go in there every now and then. But uh, it's great. It's a place called New Tone. It's out in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. way out there. and uh, Just a big room, a couple of ISO booths. Nice drum sound, and so, uh... Was it in the
0: box? Was, was it at-
1: We... So, we started with ADATS, right? Okay. And then, uh... And then we heard that Skywalker Ranch was dumping all their tape machines. Oh, gosh. Okay, this was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I connected with the guy there, and we bought two tape machines. And so, we we left digital to go analog. We couldn't afford a tape machine at the time, though we wanted to. Mm-hmm. And so, we finally got a tape machine, and then it was like... We were sort of then, well, this is now a real studio, you know. We were sort of bumped up. This is a little bit more pro, because we had tape. You did know? tape, yeah. Yeah, and so we did tape for a long time, and uh, and then finally uh, a project came along where Willie was able to, with part of the budget, buy a Pro Tools. Oh, actually, I think the way it went down was someone came in and used our place and brought a Pro Tools. Room. Oh. And we were like looking at it like, what the <laughs> hell is this? This is amazing, you know. And, yeah, yeah. And then he was able to buy something, and we got started on something. And Then Mm. then we slowly, the tape machine just sort of started collecting dust from then on out,
0: you know. What year was that around? I'm horrible with dates. I
1: want to say, well, let me think, that would have been
0: like late 90s. Okay, so, I mean, you probably put in five years just in that studio? Yeah. Easily.
1: But we kept going, too.
0: What do you think set you guys apart to stay busy with local bands because they have little budget? There's not much to work with resource-wise, right? What was kind of the, the happy medium there? Um, what kept the business coming? Sure. We said, yeah. uh, well, it, it it was that one sort of
1: price point. Like you mm-hmm. could come into our place and only spend four hundred bucks or whatever it was at the time, and and, and get a whole record done, okay. or maybe it was you know a grand. It just depended on on the time, and and it was also at the time where there was you know we were in this one. We were out in the East East Bay. So there was this, this, you know, these four or five cities that all sort of touched and, and everyone knew each other. So it was like, oh, you went to William Chris or you went to Newtown. Yeah. You should go to Newtown. And then uh, it would, you know, word would get out. It'd be like, where did you record this? And it was just like, before you know it, hey, you know, these phone calls, I'm a friend of so and so. Yeah. I got this one band.
0: How much rock versus Bay Area rap did you get?
1: I got, I, got, I didn't get much hip hop, man. I got okay. one guy I met one day, came in and, and, and we did an album, which was a little strange for me because I wasn't used to that. He brought in just two tracks yeah. of music yeah. and and I was like, well, you know, I'm going to be a karaoke machine. You could do this at home right now, yeah, you know, but if you want to do it, do it. So we, we, but we mostly got rock. That okay. was where we were tapped into.
0: So did punk you, and yeah. that sort of stuff. Did you have a house kit, house amps and how much yeah, gear did you yeah.
1: have? Yeah. Yeah. We started collecting gear and, and it would sit there and get used sometimes. <sighs> me... Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: So f- what was the breaking point when this the new tone studios, kind of was a transition. What was the transition from that then for you?
1: Well, um for me it was. I started getting other calls. Like I started actually getting gigs outside of that of our place. So it'd be like, you know, hey, can you come record my band out at this studio? Mm-hmm. And I'd try really hard to get them to come out to us, but they wouldn't want to make the drive. So yeah. it was that sort of thing. And so then I just started working out of other spots and and. Um, and then slowly, you know, and then I got, I found myself in this other, completely different sort of job that I never thought of, and and uh, and then I just, I stayed sort of doing it. I still go out there and still visit the place, and it's doing great. Yeah. Still, you know, but um, I don't think I could ever get rid of it. It's sort of a yeah. Cool spot. But
0: Rent must be just wonderful.
1: It's super cheap. <laughs> yeah. It makes it like easy to do.
0: I mean, that makes it affordable for yeah, everyone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If you have a, r- a room and you know you can keep the lights on then totally. that's all you really need that's right so to give people an idea i mean now you're we're here in oakland jingle town studios which was formerly another privately owned studio formerly 880 studios that's right when did you transition when did you start making 880 more of your home base um
1: well this was one of the places i i, I got a, a couple gigs to come work at for a few ba- for a couple bands and mm-hmm. uh um, so I would be working out of here just as an independent kind of, you know, engineer for and, the most part.
0: And 880 was really kind of like, and the East Bay here was pretty much the only kind of, besides Fantasy, yep. maybe, and, and the plant in Sausalito right. farther north. This was it for, I mean, there's some private studios.
1: Yeah, I mean, this was, I, I think this was like a bigger footprint studio. Like, like you have Fantasy where you're like, this is a, a complex. This is a big place. Yeah, big you place, know? yeah. And I think that was sort of the draw to this, this facility is that it, it is bigger. There's three rooms. There's offices. There's you know. It's I think maybe that makes you th- get a little bit more serious coming here. You go, Oh, this is a,
0: whatever. But th- there's a lot of smaller. Minus the chain too. link fence and <laughs> and the barrio around the corner. That's right. Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly. And the freeway. <laughs> and the freeway. Yeah.
0: Right off of 880. Mm-hmm. Um, so what were the projects that when you came to 880 was it a step up? Was it what what type of transition was that project wise? Yeah,
1: I mean I I came here with. The Green Day guys, mm-hmm. that was pretty much the, the big step up from, you know, what I had been working on and through that I got to um, I got to work uh, on a Smash Mouth song for just a song for a mm-hmm. second, which was fun. Um, but I would come here for those gigs and then what sort of, you know, was pretty non-traditional the way it sort of works with engineers and, and that sort of thing was green day ended up just moving in here and moved into a room and was like we're gonna write this this album and and just sort of took over and at the time i was working i was working at expression what year was that that was um 2003 okay 2002 actually probably 2002 because i met you in 2001 when i started there yeah yeah you were
0: working there and i was a student so yeah it's been like 12 years (laughs) old farts fuck uh yeah, there's probably
1: a, there's probably a time by the end of your stay there sure. that I was playing hooky from that place. You're moonlining. and no one knew. Yeah, no knew. Yeah. But I was calling in, yeah. and I was like acting like I was there at work, but I was yeah. actually here recording Green Day, and uh, it was it was tough because I was like, yeah. I took my two weeks. You don't want to tell anybody what you're doing. Well, no, and I'm you know I'm trying to hold down a job, right? You know, and I said, well, I got two weeks paid vacation. I'm gonna take that, and Gary was like, sure. Yeah. And so I was like, cool, and I did that then. The, this was supposed to be a two-week gig at the beginning right. and, and then it was like hey we're gonna do another two weeks and i graciously asked gary can i take another week and he's like okay what, what's and going
0: on yeah you, and I, I told him and he's like <laughs> yeah. all right
1: you should do it and yeah. i was like okay yeah and then uh, and then it just turned into a month and a month and a half and then I, I finally had to go in and go gary i gotta you know that was a crossroads for me it was like well here's a day job you know that's Giving me decent money.
0: But were you freelance for them? Were you brought in as an employee? What's the like relationship? Freelance, yeah. Freelance, yeah. It was like,
1: hey, come in and engineer, and you know, two weeks of your time. That's what it was. So I yeah. just said to my, you know, it's oh, like, man. okay, I got a two week gig, which is how I would do it, and um, and then it turned into well, this is now a month gig, you know, <laughs> and it was just yeah, independent the whole time, and and so that turned into a year, right? Mm. And what album was that? That was American Idiot. Oh wow. So American Idiot comes out of that they go down to LA and and which is
0: the largest album that year I mean or the next two years for a while 2004 yeah
1: yeah and so um, yeah so so that sort of happened and they they went off and went on tour and stuff and then um, I got a lot of gigs out of this place uh, while I was 880 doing more stuff and Mm -hmm. um, doing and even for a short time Willie and I moved Newtone mm. into studio B over here. Okay. We're like let's let's get out to Oakland cuz there's more <laughs> stuff going on in Oakland yeah. and and uh it didn't last long. Okay. the rent was
0: Yeah. in the opposite direction of yeah, what we yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we
1: we we made it I think through a couple months then we just moved back. Right. You're like, and uh this, it's,
0: it's it's like trying to I don't know. Dress something up that doesn't need to be dressed up, or right. There's a, there's something that you had there that you can't replicate here. Totally. Yeah.
1: Totally. That's exactly it. Yeah. And it took us to 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 go through that to realize that it was like we're already doing it right. It's already working
0: and it's fun. you have like 24 adats or like a wall of <laughs> adats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna do this in a this different room. Well, those
1: are piled up in the corner now. But, yeah. But yeah, so it you know it made sense and sure. And uh, we so we went back there, stayed there, and. And I was working out of here and yeah. that sort of
0: thing. So, gosh, w- w- <laughs> how were those first few sessions working with the guys from Green Day? Because you're trying to build a relationship. You're trying to show them that you know what you're doing. And ultimately, it's, you know, you're not, they have, they have all the choices in the world.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, luckily, I had actually worked with those guys before. Like, I'd mm-hmm. worked in different side things and side projects. And I knew them, and, and we all got along great. Um, So, it, to be honest with you, I was more trying to figure out what the hell was going on <laughs> when I was here because we'd track something, and we'd track a couple songs, we'd mix them, we were having a good time. Right. It was fun because it was like all this new material, and, and uh, it wasn't like what I was used to. I'd have a band come into my place, we'd set up, we'd track everything, they'd leave, yeah. you know, and then I would mix, they'd come in sometimes and watch me mix. It was just you know, sort of scheduled, sort of vibe, and a completely different vibe here. It was like, let's record a guitar part for this song. Hey, why don't we mix it? And then we mix it, yeah. and then like come back to it and go, hey, let's let's add more to that song. And, right. and I'm thinking, like, wait, I just yeah mix this. It's done. Yeah, the track want, is set. I don't set. Want to have to yeah, remix yeah. this. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Lose all the vibe, you know. <laughs> and so we went through a bunch of that, and then amongst other things, then it was like go kart racing and shit going on outside right. and just screwing off and like, this is nuts, you know, yeah. this is, but it was really interesting to watch because something I didn't get to see a lot of was how this creativity comes about, mm. right? So bands come in, record, you go, great songs, a lot of good stuff you, you get to witness and, and be a part of. But when you get to watch the sparks sort of start up in someone and, and get to watch
0: something sort of get constructed and mm-hmm. become
1: something was... uh was really eye-opening to
0: me, so that was that was super fun. How so. much, how much creative input now that you've worked with them for a long time, and obviously there's that shorthand. How much input can you get in there and feel like you're not stepping on feet? I don't, I don't offer any creative stuff, okay. by any means. That's not really my gig. Yeah, I don't really. You're not the guy who picks up the guitar, like, hey, I can play this better than you.
1: Oh hell no,
0: because you're gonna no. totally just be in a bad place. Yeah, it's not my gig, you know. Yeah. it's like <laughs>
1: that's not why I'm here. So I'm here to just, you know help them uh... you know be able to record something really easy and comfortably Mm -hmm. you know not have to worry about does that guy know what he's doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to make it smooth and seamless so...
0: How do you think your ears have changed from going from where you were to now and even the past few albums now because I think something happens when you uh, when you have too many resources or too much leash that it's easy to kind of maybe get lazy Mm. how how do you keep yourself from getting lazy or
1: uh, well, uh, for me, I can I can go back and listen to something that I did so back in 2005, mm-hmm. and I, it'll turn my stomach and go, "That sounds like crap." Yeah, right. <laughs> so if if I just go back and keep sort of listening to that stuff, I, it'll keep me on top of my game and just make me want to make sure that everything I do is even better. You know, I, I think yeah. I think I overanalyze stuff with my ears a lot. So it's when I look back and go. Yeah, I mean that's that's it. Just yeah. keep yourself fresh.
0: I love it when people try to like figure out like the golden ear tricks, like there's one thing that we can all put our finger on and that's gonna be kind of the saving grace of any project. And Yeah. Obviously there's something to say that when you have three musicians who know what the hell they're doing. Yeah, yeah. It's a different game completely. Well, that there's there is a flip to that. It's
1: like and you're probably familiar with this. Mm-hmm. When when you're working with like some people who whose professionalism is at a level that you've never really worked with all of a sudden in a way your gig is easy because you're like well i just have to push play and record that's it right now and look at (laughs) what's happening this is great you know so when you get to that level of stuff um yeah it's it's sort of a big Well, it's easier in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. but um
0: so where are the challenges then for you now for now, um, is it that besides a the de- there's a deadline, but there ne- there isn't a deadline?
1: Um, are you saying do I deal with deadlines or what do you no, mean? No, I
0: mean just that when you have when there isn't like uh, a a band that has a limited budget, they only can book a few days, and you have right. to get everything in, and right, right, it's a different type of stress. What are the stresses now?
1: The, um. <laughs> I, well, that's actually a stress. That's something we were yeah. just talking about with one of the bands I just worked with. Was like, yeah, they have like X amount of days, and sometimes I find myself being a a cheerleader or or a you know a wrangler. Like, hey, everybody, let's uh, we've already had our lunches. Get back to work. You know? mom. Yeah, I gotta sort of round <laughs> the troops up. Like, come on, let's get back to work. Sort of thing, I guess. Yeah. Because. I have done it enough to where I've, I've been at the, the last hour, the witching hour of like, oh, yeah. you know, it's five in the morning and you know, we have to be out in a half an hour right. for the next, you know, client that's coming in and, and we still haven't finished vocals. You know, what the fuck are we doing here yeah, right now? Right. So, so yeah, so I think it's interesting. It, you, you made me think of something because now it's like, I mean, I used to think nothing I used to only think about what microphone I'm going to use, what I'm going to do, how am I going to capture the sound, how am I going to help create this sound, or whatever it was I would think about. Now it's more like all psychology yep. <laughs> stuff that's more people work now. You know, It's like, oh, yeah, I can get this stuff rolling. This stuff's all going to work, and this Pro Tools system or this piece of whatever it's going to be fine, but can these people... Can we do what we're gonna do? Can yeah. I, you know, can I help these guys? Whatever I can do to get them to do what they want to do, help it come out the way they want to help it. You know, they want to ultimately have it. So um, that's a huge factor, factor. Is,
0: is people. It doesn't matter what uh, what type of projects or work we're doing. It's all obviously the people. Whether we're in a nine to five job or a studio, which is running twenty four hours a day, right? You have to make it work because. This is not a big room. You can't go off to your cubicle and That's right. go be passive aggressive yeah, by yeah. yourself.
1: Especially with artists. Like you want an artist to feel comfortable doing whatever it is they have to do. If it's like painting, if it's like, mm-hmm. you know, filming or acting or, or making music, they have to feel cool and they have to be able to do it. What and you they don't want yeah. someone on the other side of the glass like getting in the way of that, right. you know? Like why do I have to deal with this guy? I just want to do this thing. And you have to sort of be not there at times, I guess, you know. Invisible.
0: The Chris Dugan experience. That's right. What is that <laughs> what is that experience? What is it that can you be can like obviously everyone's different, but it sounds like a lot of it's about matching their energy.
1: It is, yeah. One hundred percent. So the experience would be something like uh, I would hope that someone walks by and go, Man, that that was the easiest record I've ever made. That's that would be what I strive to to, to provide for people, mm-hmm. as an easy, productive, like, you know, everyone high five, and at the end of the day, yeah, you know, going, man, that's awesome. Because I sit there and I get to listen to rad stuff. I just listen to rad music, <laughs> right? You know? And if somebody's, you know, got a p- issue or problem or can't get to where they want to get, I try to help them get there. That's Right?
0: It, you know. So, what what do your days tend to start and end? If you have a choice,
1: uh, if I could have a choice, um. I sort of work late, man. I'm a night person. Okay. Sort of been just always been my way, but um, if I could start working at 11 every day and Mm -hmm. get done at 7, that would be rad. So, um, but that always changes, you know, it's Mm -hmm. up to up to whoever I'm working with.
0: What do you find like when you get in those, endur- those, those endurance races or like the deadline modes? I'm
1: not as uh, resilient as I used to be, man. Like <laughs> I used to be when we were, you know, back in the early days, it was like go all night yeah. and uh, drink a lot of Mountain Dew and stuff like that, you know, and just sort of like it It didn't matter. Now yeah. I'm just, I think I'm getting to that age where it's like it rolls around sometimes at midnight. I'm like, my God. Yeah. I'm falling asleep, you know. and. And I always like I, I scan the room really quick and I find one other person who looks sleepy and I'll go. You know what? You guys look tired. Let's <laughs> call them out. Yeah, let's call it. Let's get out of here. I'm fine. I can go forever.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what do you feel today is exciting about recording? And, and obviously, we all are crazy about what we do. But are there? Is there technolo- Is there technology? Is is it the variety of artists that you're working with? Is it? Um. Exciting stuff is the,
1: is the artists. I mean there's new there's you know there's it's been happening for a while but there's so many people recording at home nowadays, you know, they're making records or doing, you know, whatever, making songs, overdubbing and creating things at home that I think from so many people doing that there tends to be a trend and that sort of what I might consider quality. Okay. But I don't want to use that word because consistency. No, I mean the actual oh. sound of what they're producing. Okay. So, for instance, if I record a, a beat-up, nasty drum kit in my bedroom, or I record a really nice drum kit in a really nice, beautiful room, there's going to be a difference in sound. And and one's not necessarily, you know, worse or, or right or wrong or you know, bad or good. It's just that you're going to tend to have that sort of sound coming out of your bedroom. There'll always be a bedroom sort of sound. If I were to compare that to something done in the mm-hmm really fancy facility. So that sort of trend has sort of taken over. And and what I'm what I'm finding is is that, you know, working in a place like this going, well how do I not use <laughs> this rad mm-hmm. room that I like, you know, yeah. how do I not we're not even gonna use that because we're going for a different sounds, sort of thing. So that's sort of the new thing that it's not necessarily new, but yeah. that's sort of what I find myself facing in a lot of these sessions lately. And it's fun for me because it's it's more challenging. It's more like, cool, we get to do something a little different, you know, and, um, you know, we get to make something sort of different sounding, which always tends to, in my eyes, hopefully, get to be something that's more unique sounding as mm-hmm. well. So you can sort of kind of create something that's different. You're not doing something that everyone's heard a bunch. Um, that always helps. Yeah. You know, makes it, keeps it interesting.
0: How much vintage gear do you have to newer day, modern
1: Um, here we have a ton of vintage stuff, um, and then next door we have a, it's funny that SSL is probably vintage really, but we don't look at it as vintage because it's new I guess, but, uh, I'd say here we're about 50 and 50, Mm -hmm. sort of half and half of vintage and newer stuff, so, and, uh, I'm a proponent for some of it, some of it I, I don't really back. You yeah. Know? I'm not a fan of really old drum sets. Okay. <laughs>
0: well, as it, you're a drummer, too. Yeah. So. yeah.
1: I used to like, had this old Ludwig drum kit. I was like, this is from the 60s. So awesome. I can never yeah. get the thing to sound good. Right. Because it was all old and warped, you know? Yeah, yeah. Never well, had. It's not a studio kit.
0: All right.
1: right. And you can say that about some gear. You can find an old microphone and go, yeah, this is really vintage. And you go, there's a reason why it's dusty. Yeah. And you've never heard of it because it sucks yeah you know <laughs> there's other vintage things that are rad you know so yeah I think you just gotta you gotta get used to using them and try things out to know you know so
0: yeah so for you now that you've been through a few full-length albums with green Day and you have this downtime I guess downtime I don't, I don't know how you can consider it in between the, the major albums how do you manage your time when you have someone like Green Day who at any time can say Chris we need you yeah, yeah, I, it happens. It just yeah. happened last week, but um, it's
1: cool because, well, I can tell you right now, I'm working on we're gonna two movies for them, mm-hmm. and I'm doing sound on one of them right now. I'm actually I'm pretty busy with stuff uh, through the band. Like these guys are always doing something. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. On top of that, they have this studio here that they wanted to open up to the public. So it's good. There's people coming in and. Some a lot of people are you know other producers and engineers who don't need an engineer or whatever sometimes they do, and so uh I'm actually as busy as I always am, yeah, you know, if we were on tour and I was touring, I'd be doing something every day you yeah. know and and that's what it is here. I'm busy every day, so um there actually is stuff to do, <laughs> sometimes too much, unfortunately, but.
0: Who's, yeah. a, who's supporting you then what, what does your support staff look like here here what do you usually need if you walk if you're just in a room mixing you don't really need much do you or oh no yeah.
1: not at all I have a, you know we have an intern program we've got guys that are always here in fact right now they're setting up B yeah uh, for us so um, you know there's usually an assistant working with me and mm-hmm. um, mixing it's usually solo quiet like lonely yeah. world <laughs> <laughs> no
0: windows yeah recycled yeah. air leave me alone leave me alone yeah. yeah.
1: But yeah, we got a staff here.
0: It's so good. what's your what's your the tracking situation look like when you have a full band here? Imagine there's crew, supporting crew on hand. How how big of an operation can it get or how small does it get intimate wise? With with with, with the Green Day guys. The Green Day guys?
1: Yeah. Well, for doing a record, we have like we have like our own we, we have like a yeah, there is a full staff so to speak. We'll have like a, a guitar tech. We'll have a drum tech. Um at those times when we're recording. So it's funny, those guys like to, you know, we'll, we'll sit around sometimes and demo stuff and someone will run in with an idea or whatever and we'll just crank something out really fast mm-hmm. and dirty. And that's sort of, you know, to get the idea on tape and listen back. Okay, cool. Come time for the record, it's like we all, everyone gets very... S- it's not serious. I yeah. do not use the word serious, but we get, you know, we... we, we we get ready.
0: This is going to tape, and then it's going to digital, so that's, it's it's real. That's right. That's right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> this time we're going to use some tape. And yeah. Yeah. Everybody gets a little bit more on. You know, now everyone's here. We're all doing our gig. Okay. Now let's do it for real. You let's, know, no more pretending. Yeah. You know? Let's clock in. Yeah. Totally. Mm. So, uh, but yeah, we'll have a. we we'll me. We'll have an assistant. We'll have a drum tech, guitar tech. Mm-hmm. Um, I
0: mean, it's pretty traditional. I mean, that's yeah. what you have on these bigger bands, which yeah, you know, have time and resources to. I guess, create an environment that works for them. Absolutely, yeah.
1: Yeah, I never got the opportunity, like before working with Green Day to work with a guy, you know, to have a drum tech in the room. I mean, it's like something that, uh, you know, albums with a budget can afford, but it's so awesome. Like, yeah. know, that's something I, couldn't, I can't, you know, preach enough of because it's, you got somebody else who can tune a drum really fast and sure. really precise, super awesome. And that guy will do it while we're in here listening to takes. And it keeps you focused too. Totally, You're not yeah. jumping around. And the drummer doesn't have to worry about anything. And, yeah. you know, it's great. So, yeah.
0: so, so uh, is if there is an average time that you spend on an album, whether it's like a band you're working with now or Green Day, how do they vary? What's what's those production lives like for you? Mm, they, it's pretty broad. I mean, yeah. these guys that were
1: just in were in for about a week. Um... The guys I'm working with today are going to be going on day four. Okay. And they're not yet even close to being done. Mm-hmm. So, Are they know, assigned
0: to a uh, label? Or are they independent?
1: Uh, these guys I'm working with today, this is a band called California, they're mm-hmm. independent right now. Okay. As
0: of right this second. Self-financed. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much yeah. Kickstarter, no Kickstarter. No well, Kickstarter. <laughs> no. no. They're Have you worked days. on those before? A Kickstarter yeah. record?
1: We had a great one. We actually um, we did this little thing. Like right when we open our doors, we are like, hey, let's help a Kickstarter band. Oh, awesome. And we sort of helped these one guys. They were like, if if you come here and you get a Kickstarter campaign, we'll cut you a break or something. Oh, awesome. And they, uh, they just finished mixing here. It's a great band. Called yeah. Called yeah, Okay. Look for them.
0: Very good. So do you find that money is the biggest factor that determines kind of how things are going to go from there on out? Absolutely.
1: Cause like we have to charge time that's the thing yeah. in, in a studio when you when you go to a studio you're you're using a, a room or that facility for x amount of time mm-hmm. that's sort of how it's always been and, and so you know if a band comes and says hey i have x amount of money and we have to get this much stuff done yeah well we got to sit and sort of look at it and go okay how can we do that and you know we can do these two things over in this expensive room yeah sure maybe we go over to the, the smaller cheaper room and, and get more time and more stuff done. So um, that has a big you know, that ultimately at the end of the day for a studio is the the big factor is the budget at yeah. the end of the day.
0: well um, oh, I, I also the fact I mean yes, that's a traditional approach, but also this is a studio which is going to keep us lights on no matter what.
1: Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. Well we'd hope, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah you hope it's gonna stay. It's not yeah. gonna go
0: anywhere. But knowing that, you know, the boss that owns it who signs a check is not necessarily gonna let it fail. It's not gonna fail on their own Yeah time.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I mean yeah. I you know, the 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 whole deal for this was it was or the whole you know, idea behind opening this place up was to sort of help something happen in the Bay Area. Which know? is great, yeah. Yeah. Which and the is, guys are yeah. full on all about the Bay Area. Like let's fortify a scene, let's make it strive and mm-hmm. help it and and so, you know, we want to have some place for people to be creative at the end of the day. So, you know, and when, and this ties into budgets, too. It's like what we really try to do, what I try to do, is really work with people and their budgets. Like, if there's anything I can do, there's a band who wants to get out of their bedroom and go to a place, but they don't have to worry about running Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. There was a one time, side story really quick, cool, yeah, yeah. there was one time I'm recording my own band, and... You know, I'm like, i ah, record my own band. This is this is going to be fun. The guys in my band are like, cool, we're getting free recording, you know, and yeah. whatever. And so, you know, I'm running back to the controller. I'm hitting play and record, running out, jumping on oh my, my drums yeah, and, yeah. and playing one day. And I remember once I had...
0: And your girlfriend's in the control room. It sounds great, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Keep can we doing go? It. Can we get...
1: Yeah. <laughs> How much longer? Yeah. Uh, but, um, I, you know, Willie was there one day. I'm like, hey, Willie, you know, run the tape machine for me. That'd be awesome. And immediately it was like, shit, I can now... I can play my job. I don't have to worry about crap right now. All yeah. I have to do is play, you know? And and so if you can give that duty to someone else as a musician, it actually, you can concentrate on your performance. You don't have to worry about, is this gonna sound good? Am I doing this the right way? Or did I just spend my whole day recording all these takes on the wrong guitar amp or something? Let someone else worry about all that crap, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, if, if you know, what we're trying to do here is work with everyone we can. So if you want to get out of your bedroom, you've got X amount of money. We'll try to make it work the best we can. Yeah. Studios, man, they're, they're, they're an interesting business.
0: It is a weird you know. business because it's run by a bunch of maniacs. Yeah, yeah. And your client's a maniac. Yeah, yeah. Can be. bunch of artists. <laughs> That's right. But somehow we all show up for work and want to hit record. Yeah, and drink coffee. And drink lots of coffee. Fuck. <laughs> coffee <laughs> so digging into the Green Day a little bit what can you appreciate about this trio of characters and musicians they've been together for how long now
1: they've been together since like uh, I think it's like 87 86 or something crazy
0: like that majority of our lives yeah a man fraction of our lives
1: This is long than I ever realized yeah it's like like uh, you know Uh, Some kids in high school playing together, you know, and like I was in a high school band I could not imagine being in that band today with those people like All good friends don't get me me wrong, but it's like those guys, you know I guess it's like, you know, the equivalent of you marrying your high school sweetheart, right and staying together all those years and and Doing
0: it, you know everything about them I I, I mean, guess so. I mean, not you, not all this stuff. Well, well not you personally, but <laughs> being with someone that long. Yeah, totally, <laughs> absolutely. Those yeah. those three guys. Yeah, I mean, they're like, you know, I mean,
1: it's equivalent to a marriage. Yeah, a million millions of bands have said that, and it's, those guys have been around forever. So,
0: um, and there's not that many as many of these bands as there used to be. I mean, as time continues, bands right. that stay together aren't active. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I would say at least here in the Bay Area, just thinking, you have Metallica, right. which is. A, a long history together. That's right. Um, Huey Lewis. Huey Lewis. Yeah. The guys of Journey minus Steve Perry. Right, right. Um, S- Smash Mouth has... <laughs> yeah, I guess they're still around. <laughs> they're that's right, blind. Yeah, that's right, that's right. I mean, you have members come and train. Right. I'm just right. thinking here in the Bay Area, but, I mean, you know, you get these guys like, oh, we've been together for 15, 20 years. Like, what? Yeah. Because you start when you're, I guess, out of your teens.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's like...
1: It's, And it says a lot for musicianship because you watch like those people get together in a room and start playing and, and they don't even have to necessarily be looking at one another, but there's right. this lock, there's this gel glue thing that's just happening, you know, yeah. and you just go, well, those guys obviously know each other, you know, it's uh, it's obvious when you're in play.
0: So how do they not phone it in? How do they keep themselves fresh? Who who keeps it fresh?
1: They do what they do. I mean, they do the whole like, let's get together and have practice. Yeah. You know, we'll do it in my garage or something, and i will go over to someone's garage and play in the garage, or you know, you go into the basement and play in the basement, or set up here at the studio. Let's just jam, you know. they yeah. do that sort of stuff.
0: How long could that but, go for?
1: You know, I don't know, like yeah. a couple hours, hours. Oh, okay,
0: a couple days, a week. Like, well, like when they're a demo mine though, how long is that demo period for them? For when they're gearing up for an album, is it over a course of a year, a few months, weeks?
1: It's never like that, the yeah. American Idiots. Sort of was a was it sort of unique. You know, experience but at the same time we sort of did the same thing for 21st century we came back here and um put the SSL in B and that's sort of when they took ownership of the place took it over and okay. um but it was like hey let's you know let's spend the next month or two coming into the studio and let's you know I've got ideas you have ideas and they, they just do it like that you know it's it's you know it's it's on another scale as you know, you know we would do. If I if I was in a band right now, I'd go to my rehearsal place. I'd set up my little laptop, and we would jam something, and we'd just record it. I mean, they have the opportunity at the time that they're releasing that room over there to just come in and use a, a studio, you know, and throw on anything against the wall, see if it was sick. So we'd come in, listen to a demo, you know, go oh, that's cool. If we didn't have anything that day, we might do something funny, you know. Country songs. Whoopee cushions come out. (laughs) All sorts of things come out. Chickens start flying. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
0: (laughs) (laughs) just whatever it takes to just get someone tilted.
1: A Christmas album was was one of them. (laughs) It was pretty amazing.
0: (laughs) Did it was it released?
1: No. No, no, no.
0: So somewhere there's what 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 tracks did you hit? Uh Christmas tunes can you say?
1: Oh man. I I can't say there's all
0: like Was it just Christmas? Was there Hanukkah Kwanzaa? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think so. But it had nothing. I mean, it was pretty X-rated.
0: It okay. was pretty funny
1: about it. So some really good shit.
0: What was it grandma got run over by a reindeer? But it's, um, you know, deck the halls. Deck the halls. So Classic, you know how that yeah. song
1: goes: deck the halls is whatever. Yeah. This was uh, dicks and balls in mom's Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> let's get drunk and join the army.
0: <laughs> One of my favorites ever. So, what is it going to take for something like that to come out? Is it just going to be hidden away?
1: It's going to be. I'm sure someday it'll get released. Maybe just... it's.
0: Has it been? Has someone? Has this come out before? Do people know this? No, no. All right. So no. now it's just going to take someone listening to abuse you guys to release it. Oh, let's Hopefully, hope, let's hope it never comes out.
1: Let's hope it comes out uh, a couple, of, you know, I don't know, yeah. years down the road, I guess.
0: <laughs> the, the cool thing, too, is, you know, just uh, being around and hearing some of your stories that you guys, when you go out live, you record a lot. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you have all this great archive of material, and some of it gets filed away, and some of it does make its way out into the world. Yeah. What's the philosophy behind recording all this material? Is it just what we can, so we should?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's nowadays it's even easier, right? So you can... At one point, it was tough because back in the ADAT days, we would log around huge ADATs and mm-hmm. sort of was a pain, but uh, that was before me. But nowadays, it's a little easier. You can actually record on a laptop if you wanted. Right. So why not do it? And then the other thing about the guys is they're all about showing, you know, here's us live, you know, here's us, this is what we are. They're, they're a live band. They always have been. They put on a great show and they love to play live. That's their thing. And so, it's sort of like, hey, why don't we just release this song live? That was fun. Like, that night when we did the Blah 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 song or whatever it was, yeah. like, wasn't that rad? Let's We should put it out. Did you film that? I'm like, yeah, I got some of it, <laughs> yeah. you know, fucking wish you would have given me warning, you know, prep time, but, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. So yeah, we can easily just pop out some stuff and it's all good stuff, so.
0: It's not just so important just to have an album be the main focus.
1: Well, that was the thing with one of the records we did. We did the Awesome As Fuck <laughs> yeah. album, which was all live stuff. And it was like, sort of like, man, that was a great run. Yeah. that was so much fun. And I mean, like, yeah, yeah. How cool is that? And I remember sitting there going, well, we just recorded it. Like, yeah, You guys got to listen to these tracks. You know? Plus there's the
0: fo- uh, Foxborough Hot Tub. Oh, yeah, yeah. And The Network. That's right, yeah. Which you had to roll in.
1: Some say that. We'll never know. We'll never know. It's just all... Hearsay, really.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so there's some great kind of side projects that come to fruition, and yeah,
1: yeah, and they love that kind of stuff. They love it. That that that's another thing that I watch. Those guys, you know, from from my standpoint, it's fun to watch them uh, pull that stuff out. And all of a sudden, you're going, "What is this? This is amazing! Like, who? Yeah. I'm listening to another band. Like, this is, and it's awesome. You yeah. know, and and you you go, where did that come from? And it's you know these three dudes who
0: are really, really creative dudes. You know and yeah, but so. plus that kind of the album that Billy did with uh, Nor Jones. Yeah, which is kind of a throwback album, I say. Totally, Total yeah. Total throwback. Like a yeah,
1: like an homage to those guys and that was yeah, that was a blast to do. That was fun. That that was pretty magic, magical experience there. So he's not short on ideas, I guess.
0: So for you now. If you looked back at yourself when you started, thinking back when you were in Pittsburgh, and you mm. looked at yourself now, what is what would you what would you say to yourself? What is the <laughs> You're doing great, man, or is it like oh gosh.
1: Oh uh, no. I I mean I would just I I'd tell anyone who's sort of starting out just to just to stick with it. Bust your ass and and there's one piece of advice I think is really important it's always um don't limit yourself to necessarily one thing. Mm-hmm. Like explore video or explore different, you know. I got a gig shooting video, you know, for a while, and it was only because of that short time I worked at the school that I yeah. learned about these video cameras right, and right. stuff. I was never a video expert.
0: Yeah, and I was never an audio guy. But right, that's right. <laughs> I was a video guy, and somehow we've taken similar routes.
1: I know. You get free microphones.
0: You get free microphones. Look at this shit.
1: <laughs> So that's my thing. It's kinda yeah. like if you have that extra, you know you know, you that that Swiss Army knife with the corkscrew. Yep. You're like I got this I, I could do this, you know, or whatever, you know, and I think that helps. And uh it did for me. I you know, I I went into try to get serious with music and found this other little avenue that was still around music. And I even then journeyed into to video, but it still was around music. Yeah. And photography. It's all around music, so it's sort of like you don't know until you're actually there to try it or to get the opportunity. So mm-hmm. don't yeah. don't ever shy away from that sort of stuff. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So
0: and, and even, I think even today it's even crazier now that YouTube came around in two thousand five, and it's like more music is ending up on YouTube yeah. than ever. That's right. Yeah. I mean, for discovery and just listening and where eyes are ball, ball, uh, eyeballs are going. Yeah, it almost seems like having some sense of what the video world is a, a big part of it. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're all sitting in front of a computer screen, Yeah. and it's like if sometimes you, you pull up a song on YouTube and, and you're looking at a blank thing, or maybe you're looking at the the lyrics scroll by, yeah. because we need some sort of video attached to it, right? And It's like, there's a lot of opportunity for video, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for something.
0: Where else is your stuff going to? Because, like, you're working on a live show now, so that's going to be a home release or thea- mm-hmm. maybe a theatrical run type of thing. Possibly, yeah. Um, where else is your stuff ending up? It's ending up on mobile devices, it's...
1: Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <But> yeah.
0: <laughs> in, in earbuds with headphones. Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, uh, there, uh, on all the streaming stuff, I guess, at the end of the day. It ends up there, and... iTunes. iTunes, and that sort of stuff.
0: What's your personal take on just the, the number of options when you get to that final output, you mix master, how many variations are you doing? Um, so, I'll
1: get stuff mastered for download and direct digital stuff CD stuff
0: and what does that look like in terms of what you're what's specific about that output that's different
1: well that's that's primarily the, the main thing right okay. so
0: um, if I do it for CD it's gonna be
1: across the board fine for for uh, for iTunes generally mm-hmm. speaking yeah um, the guys at Sterling sound back in New York are doing this really cool thing for iTunes um, uh, for the iTunes library now they've got a new sort of way to master to that and I haven't really experienced that yet
0: who do we need to kill to find out what they're doing
1: to know what they're doing I, I think' what is it? I think they're mastering to the Apple codec whatever it is that they're doing and I am yeah sure 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 totally don't know the specifics yeah. but when I was there last I was talking to you know some of the guys there Ted yeah. was mentioning it and like yeah you know we just started this thing and I think it's awesome I think I think we should be mastering I think at the end of the day, anything we hear should be should sound the way I heard it when I printed it, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, this has already been said a million times, mm-hmm. but we spend all of our time and all of our focus and all of our, you know, all night long drinking coffee to make shit sound great. And, you know, in in a high fidelity sort of way or maybe in a gross, lo-fi way, but even still, yeah. you know, I went through a lot of work to, to make something rad someone else is going to take it and degrade it a little bit, going to throw some crust on it and then distribute it. And it's kind of like, fuck, you know, I could have, well, shit, you know, did I have to spend all that time? You know, that sort of thing. So anyone who's working towards sort of preserving that original sound, I'm all about it. All about it. Yeah. What happens when you hear your stuff on the radio? you know what the worst is is uh, like XM and shit I don't want to get in trouble or anything but you, you, just you hear the satellite matter. shit like you hear that stuff streaming you're like I'm, I'm listening to a fucking shitty MP3 right now like yeah. why why are they broadcasting this that's the worst for me yeah it's like, so
0: narrow ugh
1: you know it's like the shit setting on MP3 like you're like well I have these options well I we want a big you know file or want the small file so I can send it well we'll just do the small file yeah. and don't give a shit about cause the, the satellite
0: is everywhere yeah It's who knows what that is yeah, I don't listen to much satellite. I don't listen to much radio. It's hard to listen to radio. I think sometimes. I
1: said, yeah, it's just talk radio now, man. Yeah. That's it. yeah. W-
0: what's your take on the industry now? When your artists talk about putting out an album, is it a joyous experience or is it? Yeah. Yeah, louder? it is from my world. I mean, yeah. I'm 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 super stoked to put out an album.
1: I'm I mean, it'll be a fun thing for me. Uh, I think are you, if
0: you're referring to like. You know the just the landscape of what what the record industry looks like that that's a little grim to me
1: yeah you know I could sort of go into that but it's like um, you know what should have happened in my eyes didn't really happen but where we're at today is sort of a it's a bit of a clusterfuck for people who are trying to make a living okay know? and I think people have this like people outside of the industry I think sort of see you know, musicians as these billionaire people who get overpaid or something. So there's this sort of like slight like
0: um It's a value proposition.
1: Yeah. It's sort of like well they don't need to make that much money. They don't need to get yeah. paid. But there are people who who aren't that successful. There are some people who just wanna like, you know, make a living you know they don't need a Ferrari or they don't yeah, yeah. you know what I mean They're yeah, sh- yeah. <laughs> <They don't,
0: laughs> wait a second who yeah. doesn't need a Ferrari whoa whoa <laughs> uh,
1: but you know what I mean it's yeah. like it's just sort of like there's people who don't need that but yeah. still want to make a living and, and and I don't see that as an opportunity anymore you know it's not looking like that the now. middle class yeah it's like it's tough so you know we'll just get a bunch of stuff there'll be music everywhere and it'll um, you know We'll, we'll all be – I think we're going to become record companies, right, mm-hmm. individuals? Yep. Like we'll have to help fund a record. Yep. We'll have to help, and then we'll have to weed through and find the stuff that we think is good, that we like, which is great. And we'll have to help fortify that, help seed that, help that artist grow. There was there is some good stuff about companies. There are some. There are mm-hmm. some good things to it. There There were some people at record companies that knew of good artists to help grow. And find good stuff. You yeah. know? The flip side of that was us getting pummeled with songs that we knew, you know, some artists that maybe were just a copy of another artist. Yeah, but yeah. there were some good stuff that came out. So I think we'll all be responsible for that. And we'll have to sort of do that job at some point. And you know, if you wanna enjoy music, I guess, right?
0: <laughs> if you want it to be part of your life. That's right. That's right. How do you describe being in the Bay Area, not in LA, not in New York, not in Nashville? Uh, what, is, what is this world like? Being in the position that you're at,
1: I love it. I love it. There's there's times where I go like, man, I wonder is there you know should I be over these other spots? But I've I've been fortunate enough to to visit those places and work, and there's a lot going on in other places. Yeah, but there's something super rad about just going. This is you know this is where I'm from. This is our place, and and you know, watching friends do rad things, and you know I I don't know I. We have our own vibe, you know. Anyone who's ever been in the Bay Area goes, yeah, the Bay Area's its own place. You know, New York's its own place. Right. Hollywood's definitely its own weird place. Right? Weird place, right? You know, We're but, not
0: weird; they're weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk about weird. But,
1: but So you know, it's like you have sort of everyone's got their own spot. I don't know, man. I, I'm so Bay Area. I love it here, man. I right. I can't. I'm someday we might work somewhere else. You're not.
0: Well, yeah. who knows? You're not in the city. You're not in Marin. We're in the East Bay.
1: Yeah, it's like a, a cool. Cool kickback vibe at times.
0: Yeah. I dig it. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for talking. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: Thanks for having me, dude.